Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're doing another in a series of shows that we're recording at the National Congress of American Indians in Phoenix, Arizona. It's October 2016, and the sounds around us are the very sounds that you would hear were you in the exhibit hall with us. Across from me is another person who you want to know if you don't know already. He's Thomas Steyer. Thomas is the CEO and founder of a group called Profit Finders. Thomas, it's great to have you with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on air today. Now, I know a lot of the folks around here know about Profit Finders. One of the ways I know that is because I was visiting with someone else, and she said, you've got to meet Thomas. He's doing all kinds of things in Indian country. But for those of our audience who don't know about you and what you do. Tell us just a little bit. Sure, sure. I'm a member of the Tonawanda Band of Seneca in New York, near Niagara Falls, Buffalo area. I've actually lived most of my life in California. Now, I'll, I'll explain how and why I put together this firm called Profit Finders. Um, my background is in finance. You know, as I went to college, like many of my peers, you know, we're the first ones in our family to earn a college degree. And just, you know, as I was uh, progressing in my education, I, I just realized that, you know, a lot of our tribes seem to be in third world conditions. You know, this mm. is, you know, in the advent of gaming when, when there are a lot of our communities were still really struggling. Mm-hmm. So I just took it upon myself that I'd like to focus on learning, you know, uh, sophisticated financial aspects so I can basically bring these you know, bring this financial savvy to our reservation communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had an interesting career since graduated from Santa Clara University with a degree in finance. I've worked for multiple f- native-owned financial institutions, in- including Wall Street firms, um, including uh, commercial banks. I worked at Native American Bank when it first opened up in Denver, Colorado, which uh, you know is owned by multiple tribes. Now, after that experience... And dealing with a lot of tribes, I've I came to the conclusion that a lot of tribes, unfortunately, were being taken, being taken advantage of. Mm. You know, of course, with the advent of gaming, you know, uh, an, an industry that went from zero to today, basically thirty billion dollars in revenues. All, along that growth trajectory, oftentimes tribes didn't have the human capital experienced in business. So unfortunately, there were many, many, many situations where tribes were just blatantly being taken advantage of. Mm. And unfortunately, that that continues to this day. So Profit Finders is the genesis of that concept of, I'm going to help identify opportunities for tribes to basically, you know, not not to speak so harshly, but not get ripped off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What Profit Finders does is we'll go into a tribe and we will look at the tribe's operational expenses. You know, everything from promotional materials, the casino resorts, uh, the tribal administration, everybody's computers who have soft, you know, software licenses that they're paying for, regular you know, business supplies, printing costs. But I'll tell you what, one thing that I've really 
taken a focus on, and, and tribal leaders have actually told me, Thomas, if you're going to be looking at our expenses, please help us look how we can reduce our health care expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the largest expense area, you know, besides payroll. So I've taken a lot of focus looking at this over the past year or so and uh, have reached out to to some industry experts in certain areas that tribes may be not very, very familiar with. You know, industry, the insurance industry is extremely complicated. And there's, a, there's a lot of features about it that are, are hard to understand because of how embedded they are. Things like when, when tribes have a self-insured health care program, unfortunately, a lot of tribes don't understand the, the dynamics behind how reinsurance, how stop loss works you know, the best features of a third-party administrator, a TPA. I'm, I'm working with uh, a number of tribes to help them learn to, to become more sophisticated in understanding how to control these costs and how their third-party administrator helps with that whole process. Mm-hmm, so, you know, things are getting very busy, you know, obviously, you know, with the, with the tribes all over the place. Um, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of time to, to work with tribes and, and help them understand, uh, you know, the, the expenses that they're they're incurring uh, over above and beyond what they should be. You know, it can, it can be simple as their casino resort, the merchant processing fees that every time somebody swipes their credit or debit card, it, it's ridiculous. Some of the fees that I've seen tribes paying mm-hmm. above and beyond what the market rates are. Okay. And, and, you know, un- unfortunately, you know, with my experience on Wall Street, I saw it firsthand just how unfair uh, many of these institutions are have been historically with tribes hmm. why why does an equivalent uh, capital raise for this non-native uh, casino resort is is able to raise these you know let's say roughly uh, hypothetically a hundred million dollar uh, capital raise at a certain percentage but a similar project on a reservation, is charged a higher percentage rate. Mm. It's 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 ridiculous how you know there's just institutional bias against Indian country in, in, in many respects. So so really, what I hear you saying, Thomas, although if I were to just say, well, profit finders, it sounds like you're helping people find money or resources. You're really helping tribes largely keep their own money and generate profit from industries and things that they're already doing. Is that safe to say? Precisely, precisely. What, you know, what I'll do is I'll analyze their expenses that are already paying out and help them identify, wow, you're, you're being overcharged for these seven different areas mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, whether I help identify the equivalent goods or service from a different vendor or, you know, let's say a tribe has just been working with a vendor for the past five years, but their costs that they, that they incur to the, charge, to the tribes are increasing every year. Every year, those mm. costs are going up and up and up. Um, you know, I could be the bad guy. I can go, you know, on the tribe's behalf and talk to the vendor and say, "Look, you know, you've had a good relationship with the tribe for five years. You know, they're they're happy with your goods and services, but your costs are above market. So, mm. if you really want to be around for year six and seven, you need to do something today about those prices." Mm-hmm. And that usually, I'm assuming, gets some action. Of course, of course, and uh-huh. uh, you know, I go to these. I go to these conferences. I go to uh, some of these gaming conferences, and it's just it's 
it just almost feels sleazy sometimes. You see these companies that they're just making millions and millions of dollars off of Indian country. And, you know, unfortunately, some of these are basic things. I mean, as ridiculous as chairs and how uh. how many casinos buy, you know, chairs in front of, you know, in front of the slot machines and everything. Mm-hmm. Why isn't there a Native American company providing these simple things like chairs? Right, right. You know, it's just it, there's a lot of opportunity in Indian country for entrepreneurs to provide these goods and services to our own communities, enterprises. And that's something that I'm also extremely passionate about is not just saving tribes money, you know, simply as that, but I'm also very passionate about why don't we find Native entrepreneurs that can provide those goods and services? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have. I de- I've identified a number of Native American-owned companies that can provide things as simple as, as uh, shampoos and conditioners uh-huh. for all the hotel rooms. Oh, right. There's hundreds of hotel, you know, hu- hundreds of hotels throughout Indian country that could generate so much revenue to stay in our own communities. You know, what, why don't we have uh, producers of food supporting, you know, our, our own market? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's an increase in that. There, it's growing, but, you know, I'm all about taking the active role of finding those companies and introducing them to these facilities. And unfortunately, uh, uh, one of the biggest challenges is, you know, as, as I mentioned, as everybody knows, there's a lot of casinos. There aren't a lot of experienced Native business professionals. So, you know, just by default, uh, tribes need to hire non-Natives in these roles. And, of course, almost almost universally, I mean, of course, there's there's some people out there that understand what we're trying to do here and build our, build our economies, build mm-hmm. our communities. Um, by and large, those, those hired non-Native professionals, they don't have much interest in identifying Native companies. Hmm. They simply don't. Um, you know, changing, changing their existing uh, operations, it's work for them. It's, it's a challenge. And so they're just, you know, it, um, it doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect, you know, their, their, their community. So they just don't do it. Hmm. So, Thomas, as I'm listening to you, it sounds like your focus exclusively is devoted to working with tribes. Is that safe to say at this yes, point? Yes, absolutely. And your clients, if you will, are not individuals, but they are tribal councils that usually reach out to you. Is that, you know, who would make that uh, call if someone's listening right now to the show and say, boy, I wish we had someone like, you know, Thomas coming, uh, you know, to our reservation? Tribal councils, absolutely. Um, I might be talking to the executives uh, within the uh, tribal enterprises. Mm -hmm. I might be talking to the, uh, uh, you know, the executives within the casino resort Mm -hmm. but ideally i'm talking to all three i'm talking to the 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 leaders of the tribal administration the leaders of the executives of the uh uh, casino resort but Mm -hmm. also the enterprises just just as an example all of those buy office supplies for their Mm -hmm. employees and you know each of those three silos may be buying the exact same products from different companies, hmm. or even more ridiculously, they might be buying it from the same company at different prices. Okay. You know, so uh, ideally, I take a comprehensive approach to oversee the expenses, you know, for for all of that. I want to give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, in some tribes, I'm, you know, here at this conference, I'm delighted to hear that they're actually, they've actually gone towards, down this path. So, 
as I mentioned, uh, healthcare expenses are extremely expensive for for most tribes. You know, for for any enterprise. Now, I've talked to some tribes where they exactly, as I said, they have different healthcare programs, different healthcare plans for all the employees of the tribal administration, separate than the healthcare plan of the casino resort. And it could be, you know, it could be hundreds of employees for each for each group. And there are so they're so not taking advantage of the efficiencies of buying power, efficiencies of scale. It's it's sad. It's sad that you know, in these types of situations, tribes may be paying out tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars more than they need to be. And that's on an annual basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. So really what I hear you saying is we just need, in Indian country, more business-savvy individuals. There are people like you who are trying to increase capacity at, uh, at, at the tribal level, and you're there and people that work with you to try to do that, to try to bring practical help. And I'm assuming you're probably also casting this vision so uh, Native American youth are hearing from you and people like you that there are opportunities in the financial sector in tribal communities. Is that right? Absolutely. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for encouraging young people to study business, to mm-hmm. study accounting, finance, uh, management. You know, we, we need to have our own people running our own enterprises. Mm-hmm. There's so many times I've, you know, I've, I've talked to non-natives in these roles and, you know, they're, they're doing a job. They're doing a job. And, you know, some many cases they're doing a fine job. But having our own people, you know, running our own enterprises, having that in your heart, I'm, I'm working toward the betterment, to the benefit of my community. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's important. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, what, that's what builds communities. And what you're doing is you're casting a vision that's broader than the individual tribe. You're saying we need people who want to give back to Indian country as a whole, aren't you? Absolutely. You're right. So, Thomas, you've shared some great information. I know there's folks that are going to want to track you down. Do you still have time on your schedule to take another call or two? Sure, absolutely. How does someone get a hold of you? Well, you can call me directly. My number is area code 646-232-6244. My website website is ProfitFindersLLC.com. That's Profit Finders, with an S at the end, LLC.com. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of American Indian Living. We're going to step away for just a couple of minutes. We've got some other great guests to come on today's edition of American Indian Living. Don't you go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call one 800 775 hope that's 1-800-775-4673 we'll be right back after this this is betty white i know you don't need one more thing to worry about but listen high blood pressure can cause kidney damage blindness heart attack stroke and you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right one in seven adults has it but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked and you can treat it if it is too high So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit received. 
respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're continuing dialoguing with some exciting people, some tremendous folks throughout Indian country. Thomas has stepped away, Thomas Steyer, who you heard from with Profit Finders. And maybe a question's running through your mind. Okay, so what happens if we generate a lot of funds, if we save a lot of money? Uh, you're saying, how could we spend that on our tribe? I know you're probably not asking that question. There's plenty of things you know you could put those funds into. But we've got a guest with us now who's going to share some things that you can uh, actually make a huge difference. It relates to tribal sovereignty. It relates to health. It relates to so many things. My guest is Michelle Don Carlos. Michelle, it is so good to have you with us. Thanks so much. I'm really happy to be here. Now, Michelle, you are one of those people who've got an impressive resume. You're the general counsel for Zenith Utility Consultants based in Tucson, Arizona, but you work with tribes throughout the country. Tell us, first of all, about you. How did you get involved with helping tribes across the uh, lower 48 and beyond? Well, actually, it started when I was having doing my undergraduate studies and I went to 16 countries and saw wow. indigenous people's issues all around the world. Mm. Then I was blessed enough to be able to work in Washington DC when I was in the graduate studies and I got to see from the federal government's point of view what's going on with our peoples here and the First Nations and their development. You know, they have a right to nation build, but there's a lot of complications along the way. And so when I started to see their perspective, then I went back and when I started my own law firm, I teamed up with some engineers that have over 27 years experience out in Indian country. And I got to see where the real beginning I think of a sovereign nation is having clean water, being able to dial 911, being able to have the utilities 
that you set up your infrastructure so people will want to live there. People will be able to have their own businesses and thrive. And as I went out into Indian country and held their hands, listening to their stories about how grandmother was very sick and dropped, they weren't able to call 911. Mm. And then if they did make it to the hospital, uh, they had the surgeons that needed to be able to have telemedicine or they're not able to have long distance learning education. They don't have the internet capabilities for so many things. And I realized, wow, this is really frightening, especially when I would start to see orange water coming out of the tap Mm. or when I would start to see that these people don't have gas or they don't have, you know, the, the basic things that other people would consider uh, that you need for survival. These people are trying to make do and it's really something I feel very passionate about. Mm-hmm. I have been moved to tears many times when I've seen the conditions that they've had to endure. And I work against the stereotypes every day. People think, oh, they have all this money. They have these casinos. And what they don't understand is that so many tribes uh, don't have those and they don't want the problems that they often bring mm-hmm. to their nation. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, then they're living in third world conditions. Many of them are. And that's what I'm here to uh, try to spread the word and let the tribes know they have the right to own their own utilities. And there are monies that can be brought in here, not just grants, but also loans. Uh, There's different programs that are available for the tribes to actually develop their own utilities. So basically, Zenith Utility Consultants is going into tribes. You're working with tribal councils and with other entities, and you're helping them develop that infrastructure so they can generate their own power, for example? Is that actually happening? Yes, it's very exciting. They're not only generating their own, and uh, what you have to understand most of all is they're able to employ their own people. Mm. You see, I don't want to single out any companies, but when other providers are coming in, they're not hiring members of the tribe. Mm. And so that's something that I feel is very important is that you need to set up not only your own utility, but you need to train your own tribal members to run it. Mm -hmm. So they have pride, they have jobs, they have income. But speaking of income, the profits actually stay for the first time within the tribe. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you have that income and that revenue, then they're able to develop all their other wonderful businesses. So I really feel that controlling our natural resources, being able to set our own prices and lower it to prices that are uh, really appropriate. I I don't want to get into too many stories of what I've seen out in Indian country, but there's many, many companies that have ridiculous prices. They're just, it's unconscionable if Mm -hmm. you knew what they were doing. And it's because the tribe didn't know that they shouldn't be paying those exorbitant amounts. You also can upgrade and keep up with state-of-the-art technology. A lot of the companies that are there are not willing to invest into tribal nations and keep it up, you know, with the latest and greatest that's out there. Uh, you'll also be able to have better services. If you're servicing your own people, you're the ones that can get out there same day service for installation, maintenance repairs. Right now, many of the tribes are waiting literally two or three weeks before someone is willing to come out there and to, to do any repairs. So that's what I'm here for. It's, I'm really believing that this is the way of the future. Already 12 tribes have their own telephone companies. Wow. Uh, so it is happening. This is the uh-huh. way of the future. The tribes will eventually own 
all of their own utilities, including, you know, solar and wind. Many places, especially out in California, if you're driving through in Southern California, you'll see those beautiful wind towers mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Uh, the technologies are available. There's desalination technology. Mm. Uh, there's so many uh, irrigation technologies with solar panels, so they can roll around and be fertilizing and watering crops, but in completely generated by solar. Mm. Just very, very exciting things are coming to Indian country. And I'm here to let the word out that I'm here to help find the funding. Mm-hmm. And our lead engineer, John Ross, again, is a phenomenal engineer and has uh, almost three decades experience. He's the leader uh, with the teams that go out there. And we also do on-site training to be sure everybody can run these telecom, electricity, water, gas, whatever it is they need, we're here to help them develop it. Now, I imagine one of the arguments that probably comes up is, well, we're doing just fine. Yeah, we could save some money. We'll have somebody like Thomas come in, help help him save, save us money. We can negotiate with some other telecommunications providers or utility providers, get our rates down. But it just sounds like a big headache to have to run our own utility company. I mean, do you not hear that uh, from some tribes? We do. It's it's frightening because we're not here to sell you a car. We're selling you an entire utility, you uh-huh. know. Uh, so it seems very daunting. But what's really great about the programs that are available and us as a consulting team, we've paired up the best of the best and we bring them in and say, you know what, I, as the as the attorney, my first application is about 453 pages. So I will take the headache away from you, and I will handle all the legal paperwork working with in-house counsel mm-hmm. and uh, with the IT teams and public works, wh- whoever that the tribe has designated the persons available for that. And then the lead engineers, they will look at the designs. They'll do the GPS tagging, the aerial photography. Mm-hmm. You have to know the lay of the land. You have to do the environmental impact studies. It's very daunting, mm-hmm. but if you have the right teams in place, they take all that headache away from you. But what's really exciting about Zenith uh, Utility Consultants and why I'm so excited for our team is we I personally believe in my research skills so much mm-hmm. that uh, we offer a 100% guarantee that we will refund the application cost because all these applications that I'm speaking of for these programs, they're very expensive. And that's why the tribes are not able to access these monies that are available. Oh, okay. The application costs alone are often up 100 to $150,000 just for the application. Mm-hmm. So I have figured out a way over the years after working in D.C. and then working for several other, uh, actually worked for even the state uh, superior court for, so I've worked for tribal judges and state judges and I okay. worked for the federal government as well. So from that perspective, I figured out a system that I can actually cover the costs for the tribe. I will actually pay those application expenses for the tribe. And I don't know anyone else who's doing that. Okay. So basically, I hear you speaking to any tribal council member that might be listening, any tribal elder. You're saying if you're not looking as a tribe at owning your own utilities, there's really not a reason not to. That's right. This is the way the future. We're all going to end up owning our own. And from a lawyer's perspective, I think that the battles that we're fighting in the courtroom over water rights and this, that, and whatever, I have seen it, and it's heart-wrenching, and there's entire books, and and it's just very disturbing to me. I think where the fight needs to happen now is we need to own our own. Mm. So as you probably well know, CNN just had a a report on the orange waters running out here in Navajo country. Uh, There's another tribe right next door has beyond poisoning levels of arsenic. Mm. Uh, So... 
that's what I do. I go out there. I look at all this. I collect their stories. I head off to the agencies. Uh, I head off to DC and say, Hey guys, it's time. I need 10 million. I need 15 million. I need whatever it is. We need to get out there and fix this. And the tribe needs to control their own resources. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm threatening you that if you don't do this, this is going to be exposed. It's going to hit the media and it's going to look really bad for you guys. So I want you to know that uh, you got to do whatever you got to do to make this happen. And I let them know that this is something that we tribes really do need to start owning our own, controlling our own natural resources. And uh, that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to help out with. You've got a lot of people's interests. Uh, Michelle, tell us how to get a hold of you and your team. In any which way you want, uh, but most of all, we are definitely on the internet at www.zenithutility.net. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can find us there um, at Zenith Utility, and you can see pictures of me out in Indian Country. I've even slept on the ground when we're out there too far to make it back to the base camp. Okay. Uh, that's uh, what I'm out there doing. But our phone number is five two zero six two two fifty twenty. So. Five two zero six two two yeah five zero two zero, and I'm just happy to to talk to anyone directly on zenithutility at gmail.com. Okay, thanks so much. That was Michelle Don Carlos, a lawyer and the general counsel for Zenith Utility Consultants. Again, zenithutility.net. We've got to step away for a couple of minutes. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with more from the National Congress of American Indians. Stay tuned. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're continuing an exciting story, an exciting show, really, that is featuring all kinds of things that look at things financial in Indian country, especially things that focus on the financial health of tribes and individuals. And carrying along with a theme that uh, Thomas uh, Steyer introduced earlier in the program of these uh, huge expenses that sometimes are incurred in the area of insurance, we've got really an expert to speak to us on that topic. His name is John Doak. John, you are the insurance commissioner for the state of Oklahoma. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Uh, And I'm also chair of the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, uh, our American Indian and Alaska Native uh, Liaison Committee uh, for the United States. That is exciting. So tell us a little bit why someone like you and your organization would be here at the National Congress of American Indians. Well, this is actually our second year to be here, and we're very pleased to have an outreach program. Uh, It really started a few years ago. Uh, when uh, we at the National Association of Insurance Commissioners realized that there was a need around the United States to do outreach from our state-based regulation uh, into each state that had Indian country to make sure that they knew that uh, consumer assistance was available to them Mm -hmm. to be able to answer questions as they're uh, building economic infrastructure into insurance companies. So really it's multifaceted. But again, it's being from Oklahoma, it's uh, something that is very near and dear to our state, as my other committee members uh, that uh, really represent Indian country from Montana uh, to New Mexico, uh, Arizona, uh, you know, California, the other states, Washington State, Commissioner Kreidler, uh, North Carolina, uh, Commissioner Goodwin. Uh, we've got several members of the committee, uh, Alaska Director uh, Wing Heyer is very, very involved. So really, we've taken a look over the last couple of years based upon the uh, and the Federal Office of Insurance has uh, actually had a little bit of dialogue and interest into we want to make sure that uh, uh, we are getting consumer service and assistance out into Indian country to make sure they know how the ACA is going to impact them um, and the affordability of auto insurance. Uh, what's happening in the life insurance industry, mm-hmm. just to make sure that there's uh, multifaceted. We know that there's a lot of liquidity events happening in Indian country, uh, New Mexico, for an example. We want to make sh- sure that financial literacy uh, is is front and center mm-hmm. where uh, they have good data and know where they can go for good resources uh, uh, that is really objective uh, from a state-based uh, perspective. So Thomas was talking with us about really the huge expenses that are often incurred to tribal industries, tribes themselves, when it comes to health insurance. He was actually making a plea for tribes to really own their own insurance entities. If a tribe wants to go about that process, does an office like yours, if a tribe is based in Oklahoma, do you offer them assistance or are you there just as a resource? You bet. We can we can provide assistance uh, to make sure they're on the right path if they want to uh, greater understanding relative to what Oklahoma state laws are or their particular state that they're in, or if they want to understand some of the federal mandates or the the exemptions that are there, we've got good resources to make sure that they they're understand they can follow those guidelines. But that education piece is something that is critical. And uh, your guest that was in front of me 
uh, really speaks to the heart of things. I know that in Oklahoma, we have uh, many of our, our Native American uh, nations are investing heavily in healthcare mm-hmm. uh, and be doing some things very, very creative uh, to drive things to their members, which is something that uh, that we applaud. And uh, we believe that good health care needs to continue to be driven in those. So, uh, but with regards to the ACA and basic consumer questions, we can also handle those. Uh, in my state, uh, we know that, for example, on the federal exchange, that there's 130,000 Oklahomans that are probably going to be getting an increase of 75 to 77 percent that are on those uh, programs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the development of their own infrastructure uh, is something that I know that they're working very, very hard on, and, and that's happening in other states as well. So your your former guest is right on point uh, with uh, wanting to take a serious look at those health issues. So let's uh, finish this aspect of the discussion as far as a tribal council member, other tribal leaders. If someone in that capacity, in decision-making capacity, is wanting to get more information, do you recommend contacting the National Association or making a call to a, a state insurance commissioner like yourself? Where's the place to start? Well, they can, they can really start both places they like. They okay. could send an email. They could go to the NAIC, www.naic.org, and be directed uh, to their state that they're in. Or they could contact their state insurance commissioner directly uh, and ask for assistance. And if it's in the Native American wheelhouse, um, they could direct it to the, the right person. But, again, we are really ramping up this initiative to make sure that we're meeting consumer services issues and meeting the needs of Indian country wherever they might be. So uh, those resources are available uh, through their individual state because we believe at the NAIC uh, the fabric of really good regulation starts at the state level mm-hmm. uh, in those partnerships to be able to drive that fabric, not really driven from Washington, D.C., but we know that there's a federal office of insurance. But again, the NAIC is comprised of individual states and individual regulators like myself uh, that really pride ourselves on being able to hit that consumer at that local point. For example, if you're in Woodward, Oklahoma, or if you're in uh, Ardmore, Oklahoma, if you're where you, you've had uh, some experience, or right, if you're right. in Grove, Oklahoma, uh, we want to make sure that we're able to reach them. And our state, like others, has uh, we're set up with field reps, and folks that can go into those communities, uh, we can do presentations to Native American tribes, councils uh, on basic insurance issues. Um, so there's a number of areas that we can cover um, that can help them, not only in the health insurance area, but I know that we'll take a take maybe a, a crossover here in a minute into life insurance, auto insurance, home insurance uh, that we can also help in. No, and that's exactly where we want to go, John, because not only do we have tribal leaders that are listening, but we have... People in Indian country, from, you know, across the, the, the gamut uh, as far as res- levels of responsibility, where they're based, urban Indians, Indians living on reservations. Tell us a little bit about some of those individual insurance issues. Let's talk about a very practical one. Anyone who's got a car That's right. is going to have to have car insurance. I think it's probably mandated in every state now. Is that true? That is correct. It's uh, There may be one that it's not, but, uh, but I believe it may be on the East Coast. But there, uh, each state mandates that you have uh, automobile insurance. And in the state of Oklahoma, for example, we're one of the highest, unfortunately, with 25% uninsured uh, drivers, which in our state, that's about 600,000-plus drivers wow. without insurance. But we really take a deep dive. We've got many good uh, processes at the National Association of Insurance Commissioners with our auto affordability study, uh, which we're taking a look at the uh, affordability issues across the United States. But that education of making sure that consumers have access 
And on many states, uh, like Oklahoma, for example, you can go out and find good resources, the top 10, top 15 carriers, make sure that that carrier uh, is is uh, rated very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can connect them with carriers uh, in our state to make sure that they're getting the, the best policy terms and conditions. But our consumer services folks, really, it's a one-on-one, very confidential basis, as in each state, to be able to help a consumer. They, if they're having difficulty, maybe we can point them in the right direction. Uh, in, in the same area as in home insurance, um, mm-hmm. most state-based, uh, if you pull up the Oklahoma Department of Insurance website, oid.ok.gov, or Texas, uh, you know, the Texas Department of Insurance or, you know, where you know, Kansas Department of Insurance, whatever state you might be in, mm-hmm. you will find some great resource tools. Or from the NAIC website, you can go to their website and they can post a question and they'll drive it back to the state that uh, might need to respond to that. So um, it's, it's very, very good. One of the issues that's really emerging is on the life insurance side, mm-hmm. uh, lost life policy locator service. So if you think that uh, you, okay. if you think that you've been a beneficiary and you've not received proceeds uh-huh. from a life insurance of a loved one that may have passed away right. a number of years ago, there will be a new nationwide system where, for example, you can on the NAIC website you can go post with the proper documentation, uh, whatever that might be, a death certificate, uh, social security number, uh-huh. and you think it may be a relative. They can, we can go out and check insurance companies. And in Oklahoma, for example, over the past year, we have returned, I think, well over $500,000 wow. to Oklahomans free of charge. Uh-huh. If there's, if it's a, if it's a $5,000 policy, all 5000 goes back to the beneficiary, okay. not taking out any part for proceeds for, for any, uh, operational cost. But this is the beauty of this, and we're trying to roll this out. The NAIC has really taken the lead on this, mm-hmm. uh, and we're working to get that out nationwide, which, uh, uh, because many times insurance companies change their names, mm-hmm. uh, as, as you know, doctor. Uh, so it's a good way for folks to believe, you know, if they think that they've had uh, missed out on being a beneficiary or there's assets sitting out there, we can get those back to the consumer. Our two previous guests were really talking about another dimension that this brings into focus, John, and that is it seems like the playing field is not level in a number of uh, service areas in the United States when it comes to Native Americans. And uh, we heard a number of examples where someone, whether it's an insurance policy or whether it's utility rates, Native individuals may be paying higher rates than someone who does not have that background. Now, I guess the big question in my mind is, can that be done if there's actuarial statistics that suggest a certain demographic is at higher risk, is, or is that a discriminatory practice? Well, I think that uh, while I don't know what your guest said earlier, um, I can just speak to the insurance sector. Well, you know, And in the state of Oklahoma, for example, we have two regulatory levers that most insurance commissioners have in each state. One is the financial solvency of the companies. Mm. Uh, in Oklahoma, we know that we're in the top five rank of catastrophes around the United States, wow. year in, year out. So okay. you've got Oklahoma, Florida, California, Texas, Mississippi, Louisiana, and now you throw in some of the storms that have happened in the Florida area, East Coast, Superstorm Sandy. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that insurance regulators want to do is they want to make sure that the companies that are providing policies have the financial solvency to pay claims, mm-hmm. correct? Right, right. And the second, the second lever is market conduct to make sure that, to speak to your point on uh, discriminatory practices, is that those are not being taken advantage of, that mm-hmm. everyone is being treated equally 
based upon the underwriting criteria of whatever that company might be. Okay. You know, notwithstanding age, race, any uh, any of those specific issues mm-hmm. that, that you mentioned. So I think the insurance industry um, really ha- does a very, very good job in that sector. I don't know about the other financial areas that you might be talking about, but uh, we that's one of the things that uh, we want to make sure, again, to make sure that they know the resources that they have and whatever line of coverage that they may be interested to learn about, you know, through the nation, um, whether it's, uh, you know, home, auto, life insurance, long-term mm-hmm. care. Um, and then you get into that whole world of commercial coverage, uh, which, again, in the state of Oklahoma, I regulate an $18 billion market uh, wow. in the state of Oklahoma. Everything mm-hmm. pretty much except for uh, the federal insurance exchange through the ACA mm-hmm. or the federal flood program, which we're through the NAIC, we're working on to uh, see if we could move that to a little bit more of a privatization and mm-hmm. see if we can open that market up for greater uh, coverage to uh, consumers around the United States and lower the cost. Now, do I understand correctly that some consumers who are in high flood risk areas, they cannot even get flood insurance? Is that true or not? I believe that that's not true um, okay. because there is the federal flood maps that are being evaluated right now. We just had a call earlier this week on some of the issues that's up at the top of uh, at the congressional level. Mm-hmm. Some of these decisions are made, but those federal flood maps are, I think, being evaluated right now, given the amount of issues that we've had around the United States in different areas. Okay. We've got a lot more that uh, I'd love to talk about. Can you stay by for our final segment, John? You bet. Okay, we are going to come back with John Doak. John is going to be telling us more about things that can make a difference as far as your own personal insurance decisions, whether it's health insurance, home insurance, auto insurance, a lot of practical things. You don't want to miss our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will continue our recording at the National Congress of American Indians in Phoenix, Arizona. We will be right back. Don't go away. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, 
Doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're recording at the National Congress of American Indians. It's October of 2016 in Phoenix, Arizona, where we are recording today's show. John Doak, the insurance commissioner for the state of Oklahoma, is still sitting across from me. And, John, we were speaking about some of these insurance challenges, insurance opportunities. You've got a great uh, story or illustration to lead off with. Go ahead. Sure. One of the things that we have is uh, with the catastrophes around the United States uh, and and the National Association of Insurance Commissioners is we really want to make sure that folks in really all over the United States and even in the more higher prone cat areas uh, have got home inventories completed mm. and they can go to the NAIC website. I think there is a free form that they could download uh, an app, which would enable them to take pictures of their home, be able to document um, the assets that they have. It's very, very good at the time of a major claim, whether that's flood, hurricane, uh. wildfire, uh, you know, tornado in Oklahoma that we have uh-huh. hail or high right. wind. But it's something that uh, we want uh, consumers to be prepared for, and we want them to be, you know, thinking about these things. In Oklahoma, for example, we find that uh, uh, many folks in our rural areas sometimes they're without coverage and they haven't thought about affordable renters and policies mm-hmm. uh, to be able to cover those those assets, even if it's in the ten to fifteen to twenty thousand range. But again, when you think about that, uh, if those folks were able to have coverage. It eases the side of the federal government on FEMA when they come in and there's mm-hmm. folks that are uninsured. Mm-hmm. So, again, the, uh, we've, at the NAIC, we've done a lot of affordability studies uh, from auto to home insurance. But we want to make sure that consumers know how to get those and plug in, but also be prepared. Uh, I've recently attended uh, meetings at the White House on disaster preparedness mm-hmm. um, on some of the major issues. But we're going to continue to have these events around the United States, unfortunately. Um, so we try very, very hard. Um, the NEIC also partners with us in Oklahoma. For example, we host the National Tornado Summit uh, mm-hmm. to talk about uh, the, the future of, of how to be better prepared for convective storms, high winds, hail. Uh, and we're at, this year we're talking about a fortified home approaches, increasing mm-hmm. building codes, which I talked to some of the tribal leaders here about in a private meeting uh, to make sure that they know that there's some real substantive risk issues that they could address if they beef up building codes to just a little bit higher standard to withstand some of the high winds, et cetera. And, and we know that um, that's very, very important. So these resources and things, consumer services issues, again, your state insurance commissioner can handle if, if you have difficulty with the claim. For example, I worked with a consumer yesterday in the panhandle of Oklahoma uh, that was being canceled for a policy, uh, and we wanted to make sure that that cancellation provision, as you were talking about, mm-hmm. meets all of the state codes of the legislative codes to make sure that that consumer was being treated fairly, got proper notice. Uh, so we were able to work with the insurance company, uh, just like uh, 
Another personal example that I had is a uh, not too long ago, a young lady that was having difficulty on the health side mm-hmm. that had lost an arm in a uh, ATV accident. Wow. And we were able to work with the insurance company to make sure that she got the proper prosthetic uh, to fit her lifestyle. It was uh, some issues there, mm-hmm. but I was able to actually attend that event uh, and see the young lady uh, get fitted for and use her prosthetic arm for the first wow. time. So those things are very, very rewarding to the consumer uh, that also uh, may need difficulty after a major disaster and getting their home replaced. So the other side of the issue that many state insurance regulators that were the front line of defense is on insurance fraud. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you've been taken advantage of, if you feel like uh, there's something too good to be true, if you're a Mm -hmm. senior, uh, notify your state department of insurance. We have a very, very active fraud unit in the state of Oklahoma. For example, my counterpart in North Carolina is the chair of the of the fraud area for the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, and I know that they just hosted a nationwide event. Um, I think today in New Mexico there is a, a symposium on auto theft. So okay. again, you've got uh, if you think about it, there's a lot of issues where fraud can uh, you know consumers can be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. So again, you can contact your state Department of Insurance and they can begin to work with you on that area. That's why state-based regulation is so vitally, critically important, which uh, state regulators, whether they're elected or appointed, we wholeheartedly believe in because we're closer to the consumer. Mm -hmm. We're closer to that issue that happens in your state. Uh, For example, Louisiana with their flooding. We know that Commissioner Donlin in the state of Louisiana is doing a very, very good job. You know, Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, those coastal states, Mm -hmm. those state insurance commissioners are very, very engaged making sure that the insurance companies are paying those claims timely, efficiently, Mm -hmm. and being notified of maybe systemic issues if they feel that someone's not being treated fairly. So it's something that I've been very, very proud to do. And again, through the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, uh, it's a great fabric. We meet a couple of times a year Mm -hmm. to talk about these issues. Uh, but this outreach at the Native American Congress here, I think, is one of the uh, most innovative approaches that we've done in the last several years. And I commend my colleagues uh, for participating. Uh, and we try to set this forum. Financial literacy is so critically important, uh, which really covers the gamut of insurance. So we're, we're very proud to be here. And, and thank you for doing a, doing a great job here at the show, Doctor. Oh, no. I mean, we're excited to have uh, great guests like you, John, on the show. And one of the things that really resonated with me is this uh, concept of a automated or a simplified home inventory process because it doesn't seem to matter where I've lived. I lived, as you mentioned, for many years in Oklahoma where we, you know, dealt with the, you know, the tornadoes and people that we were very close to were impacted. We had never... Uh, had structural any major structural damage uh, at our place, but you know we, we were impacted uh, uh, less directly and you know through through friends. We're now in uh, Northern California, an area with uh, you know high wildfire risk, and I didn't realize that the National Association of Insurance Commissioners has this home inventory uh, service. So I, I go on the website to take advantage of yes, that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can f- probably find it, and if your home state's California, you may be able to get a link like in Oklahoma from our local level. But the NAIC um, has that on their website, uh, and you could take advantage of it. Commissioner Jones in California does a very, very good job with uh, consumer advocacy, mm-hmm. uh, being able to meet the needs of, of Californians with the multiple risks that uh, you know people face in his state. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked, uh, learned an awful lot from the California Earthquake Authority here mm-hmm. recently for the issues in the Midwest part of the United States. But no, that's amazing. But yeah. again, it's uh, the, the each state. 
Um, I am very, very proud of my colleagues that uh, as we sit around the table and we, we work on these, um, and there's dedicated state employees behind the scenes at each department that are really doing their very best job to reach out and meet the needs of, of consumers. So uh, that home inventory is just one. There's a new initiative uh, with seniors, and I believe that there's uh, NESC has just partnered with a, a, a very famous actor, uh, I believe her name's Rita, but uh, she is reaching. She's her messaging is hitting towards the uh, towards the senior market. Okay. The last few years, they had a uh, they they've utilized a couple of other folks. Uh, uh, the young actor from Breaking Bad uh, was a spokesman for uh, talking about bad breaks mm. uh, for folks, which kind of has an interesting angle to that younger market. Uh-huh. Before that, we had had a uh, a country singer by the name of uh, Amy Grant that did uh, some kind of messaging toward that. Uh, that middle-aged market on okay. dealing with uh, uh, with some particular types of issues. So we're trying very, very hard to get out the message that state departments of insurance are, are really uh, a good backstop and can help your consumers. But, again, if they don't know about us, if they don't know they can call us mm-hmm. or get us engaged from our consumer services to our fraud department to help on those uh, difficult-to-place policies, um, that's really our primary goal. And uh, to be here at the Native American Congress, and that's such a vitally important uh, part of our fabric uh, from my state to others and the importance we just want to make sure they know the resources and how to access us even if they're thinking about forming their own insurance company hmm. uh, and what that means to become that risk you know to take that part of the risk especially if they're going to offer it across state lines and they really need to be subjected to uh, and work with their state commissioners uh, much like they've done in the banking segment over the last few years hmm. uh, as they've expanded into that economic development opportunity. I know a big component of what you're dealing with is, as you put it, financial literacy or insurance literacy. Maybe we could, you know, narrow it down uh, to that. We can't talk about that. Our, I mean, our time is just about run out. But are there resources that deal with that on the website as well? Yes, there are some. There are many different components of the NEIC website, mm-hmm. uh, and there are some financial literacy components. Uh, and we're even talking about beefing that up in the state of Oklahoma. But, again, we might be able to talk about that more or get uh, uh, some of the folks at the NAIC to do some further uh, updates with you through uh, our communication because this is very important. Great. Well, we'd love to have you and, uh, you know, others with the National Association of Insurance Commissioners on the show at a future time. Sure. We'd be happy to happy to assist because it's a, it's very important to keep consumers updated. And you let us know which states or uh, which representatives you'd like. We haven't even touched on cybersecurity, and that's a big issue for uh, Native Americans, uh, tribes, and governments. No, that's huge. Well, before we run, John, one more time, how does someone get a hold of the NAIC? Yes, they can find us at www.naic.org. They can contact us. There's some phone numbers there where they can reach to each respective State Department of Insurance. For example, at Oklahoma, it's oid.ok.gov. They could probably do an easy search for what state they're in, but www.naic.org is their best place to start. Okay, and since everyone developed rapport with you who is tuning in, at least I hope, OID for Oklahoma Insurance Department.ok.gov. Correct. Okay, thanks so much, John. We have got to run. Hopefully, uh, you folks who have tuned in today have gotten some really practical information that can impact the financial health of you personally, your tribe, and your communities. For all of us at American Indian Living, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.